Hey everyone, welcome to the Prince of Peace podcast, where our aim is to help you live and love like Jesus. I'm Lauren Hlaud, one of the pastors of Prince of Peace. We're glad that you're here and we hope you enjoy. Hey there, and thanks for tuning in. This week's sermon is based off of Luke chapter 8, where Jesus goes into a new region and he greets a man tormented by demons. I hope that it speaks to you, that it fills you with inspiration and joy as you continue to live in love like Jesus this week. Well, this gospel reading that we have for today is, to me, one of the most fascinating stories from the ministry of of Jesus. There's a lot here in Luke chapter 8. And there's probably three or four or five or ten different directions you could take in preaching on this passage. Um, The man who was filled with demons, we're told, whose demons were cast out into a herd of swine who fall over a cliff. There's a lot there to unpack. There's a lot there to unpack. To set the context for this passage, I think it's important to just highlight what happens in Luke chapter 8 right before this. We pick up today's gospel reading being told that Jesus and his disciples had entered in to the region of the Gerasenes, right? Well, where did they come from? We know that just the night before, they set sail out on the lake to cross over from Jewish territory into Gentile territory. Jesus was taking his ministry um, from somewhere that was much closer to home, this ministry that, that uh, would have been done with people who understood that he was indeed a rabbi. Now, granted, not everyone so far in Luke chapter 8 approves of his ministry, even in the Jewish regions. But still, Jesus, it would have been communicated that he was a rabbi. He was teaching and preaching and healing. Jesus had already performed many miracles. He had healed a withered man's hand. He had healed a centurion's servant. He had raised somebody who couldn't walk. All of these miracles were done in the context of community. People were around. People were there to witness what had happened. And you could imagine for the disciples, this was exciting, right? There would, there would have been a palpable energy to it. This one who they left their nets and their boats to go and follow was doing remarkable things. But if this were made into a movie, in my mind, this is where the scene would change slightly. The bright skies would have turned a little bit darker as Jesus and his disciples got into the boat. Jesus was communicating to them that they were going into a new region. And so that night before, they set out sail to head across into new territory, and Jesus falls asleep. And while Jesus is sleeping, the winds and the waves pick up, and the disciples become terrified. They become afraid, and so they wake Jesus. And Jesus says, you of little faith, and he calms the winds and the waves And the disciples, we're told, are astounded. Who is this one? Even the winds and the waves obey him. I imagine this scene being one that that was remarkable, a little astounding for the disciples. 
the tone was becoming a little bit more serious. And it's precisely then that they land ashore in unfamiliar territory. And the disciples get out of the boat, and Jesus gets out of the boat. And I wonder if those disciples are thinking, what are we doing here? Why did we cross the lake to this region for these foreign people? For they certainly understood Jesus to be the Jewish Messiah, the one who came to redeem Israel, the one who came to restore the throne of David. But for some reason, Jesus has taken us across the lake to peoples that we're quite honestly not too concerned about. But yet, here we are, and, and maybe they were second-guessing even doing that, right? Because on the voyage there, well, the waters got choppy and the winds, the winds were were heavy, and was that a sign that maybe we shouldn't, we shouldn't be going here, Jesus? But yet, you're the leader, and we're the followers, and so here we are. And then, imagine how this unfolds. They get out on dry land, and they're greeted, I imagine, first by the sound. The sounds of the groanings, the sounds of the chains that are clinking of a man who had been outcast by his people. They hear the sounds near the graveyard of a man who we're told was tormented, who was stripped of his human dignity socially, spiritually, physically. A man who was naked. A man who had to have been afraid. A man who we're told could break those chains with his strength and with the rage that was inside. And it's this man who runs up, who recognizes Jesus, and he says something that is heartbreaking. He says, please do not torment me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God, do not torment me. Now what would give him the thought that Jesus would, would torment him? Well, I can't help but think that this is what he had grown accustomed to, right? We're told that this man was taken away, that he was bound up. And we're also told that he was held under guard. Think about this. You're all alone. You're filled with your demons. We don't know exactly what they are, do we? Maybe physical spirits, demons, spiritual, spiritual things. Maybe it was the demons of anxiety and stress and, and depression, the demons of rage, the demons of addiction. We don't know what they were, but we know that this man was tormented and he was cast away and kept under guard. So the only contact that this man had with another human being was somebody whose job it was was to ensure that he stayed under captivity. Think about that. The only person that, that, that you see is somebody whose job it is is to keep you bound up. And this man runs toward Jesus do not torment me. And Jesus does what nobody else was willing to do for this man. He treats him like a human. And he looks him in the eyes. 
and he asks them a question. Who are you? What is your name? Those two questions were one and the same in the Jewish world. For someone's name communicated their identity. Who are you? What is your name? And the man's answer is devastating. Legion. For I am filled with many demons. The man doesn't offer his true name. Rather, the man responds to Jesus by saying, my identity is a multitude of things that weigh heavy on my heart. My identity is my brokenness. My identity are these demons mentally, spiritually, and physically. I am the walking dead living literally in the tombs, Jesus. How many do you want to know about, Jesus? I'm anxious. I'm scared. I'm afraid. I'm filled with rage. I'm hurt. I'm isolated. I'm all alone. And now the truth of the matter is this. Often in our lives, we're no different than this man. Are we? How many times have we looked ourselves in the mirrors and have we thought of ourselves by our burdens, by our sin, by the brokenness that we feel inside? We might say our name is Susan or Dave or Mary, but internally we're thinking, I'm lonely, I'm unworthy. I'm unlovable, I'm depressed, I'm divorced, I'm bankrupt, I'm anxious, I'm scared, I'm a loser. Today's gospel proclamation is really simple, but it's profound. Just as Jesus stared into that man's eyes and offered him love and community, Jesus this morning wants to look at you and he wants to remind you that you are loved. You are loved. Jesus sees you. He knows you. He knows your pain. He knows what you've been through. He knows the crying, aching, aching prayers of your heart. He knows what is broken in your life, in your relationships. He knows the internal struggle that you deal with daily, and He loves you, and He sees you. Jesus sees your anger. Jesus sees that you are disappointed with how life has turned out, but yet Jesus stares into your eyes, for He sees who you truly are at your core, which is love which is known, which is redeemed through those waters of baptism because you have been given a new name, child of God. It would be easy in this story to proclaim and marvel at the miracle Jesus performed of driving out these demons and how they filled the pigs and the pigs went over the hill and were drowned in the waters. But I think that, that if that's all we focused on, we would miss the other miracle 
that was present here, right? And it's the miracle that you and I can actually take part in. It's a miracle that the body of Christ can actually perform today, which is the miracle of community. It's the miracle of real connection. I wonder if some of the healing that came for this man, it came when Jesus stared at him in the eyes. I wonder if the real miracle came when Jesus didn't run away like so many other people must have. Must have, right? I imagine that people traveled through this region often. We know that Jesus and his disciples, their boat lands right there. I wonder if travelers came into port, and I wonder if this poor man, for years and years, if he got his hopes up when he heard the waters rushing ashore and boats coming and feet getting out, I wonder if his hopes were up that maybe somebody would come and see him. Maybe somebody wouldn't be afraid of him. Maybe somebody wouldn't run away from the demons and the burdens that he carried. And yet, each time, they fled. And the guards stood up. And the guards said, You, you are too broken to be in community. You are too dangerous. Your sin is too great. Your demons are too many. So stay locked in your tomb. But what does Jesus do? He doesn't run away. He stands there and he sees him for who he truly is. New life, new hope, healing, peace, community, connection. You know something else that's fascinating about this story? They traveled overnight on the boat from the Jewish region to the foreign territory. They had choppy waters. They had winds. They had waves. They got all the way there. They had this encounter with the man. And what does Jesus do next? He gathers his disciples. They get in the boat. They head back across the waters and they go home. but to God it was worth it. To Jesus, the one man mattered. The one man's pain mattered to Jesus. I wonder if the disciples were thinking, well, that wasn't worth it, Jesus. We, we traveled two days now. Wasn't there more you wanted to do there? But Jesus just smiles. God delights in the healing of the one. And this is the miracle that you and I can take part in. Extravagant, radical love for the one. There is someone in your life that is hurting. There is somebody that you know, that you are in proximity to, that you can look into their eyes and you can remind them that they are seen for who God created them to be, not what weighs heavy on their heart. You see, this is the miracle of real connection. This is what Jesus had in mind when he said, you will do greater things than these, church. And here's the other part of this good news. Jesus would cross the oceans for you. Jesus would sail all night just to greet you exactly where you are. You are loved beyond measure. And your calling 
And my calling is the same calling of that man who was released from his burdens and his demons, which is to bloom right where we're planted. This man wants to leave everything to go and follow Jesus, yet Jesus encourages him. Go home. Go back to your home and simply proclaim what God has done and what God is doing. May we live and love like Jesus in a way that shows the world that just the one, that matters. And may you know this morning that you matter deeply to God. Amen. Thanks for tuning in to the Prince of Peace podcast. I hope that today's message has brought comfort and inspiration to your life. Have a great rest of the week.